You bet it is. It is time for Blaine and Mickey. It's hump day. It's time for that. So it's time for you to be halfway through your week, which uh, congratulations. You've made it halfway through your week. You didn't even have a Monday. So this is you just slam dunking this one. Titans and Cardinals get ready to do battle on Sunday at noon here in Nashville. Mike Vrabel back at it today. The Titans practicing. Um, Blaine, he got asked about DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and it's funny because for years now, I've been doing the pre and the post game show with you and Kevin Dyson. And every, every time the Titans played the Texans in the past, I, I looked, the Titans have only played like the Cardinals 11 times ever. Yeah, I think I only played them twice in my career. Yeah, yeah. they just don't see each other. Was it, well, you know, they're in AFC, the NFC. NFC, right? yeah. But, you, you know, people think, oh, you, you would have played them multiple times. No. Yeah, one time, I think both times were in Arizona. No, one was in uh so both times, yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't even a Titan. I was a. T- I was a, well. I was oiler. A ten- well, I was a Tennessee Oiler, uh, so I could say that. Oh, yeah. you put a picture on your Instagram today. I know you played him once as an Oiler because you jumped like six feet. Was that <laughs> was that a pick? It looks like one of your teammates trying to get it from you. Yeah, that was D Walk. That was oh. D Walk. That was uh, Walker. Yeah. So yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, nah, I got that one. Yeah, that was uh, uh, my 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 compadre there in that game. He was the. Uh, Dying package, Renee Stewart. He was like, "Why'd you post that?" You know, now he's coaching with Green Bay. He's a special team, I think, uh, coordinator, assistant coordinator there uh, in uh, Green Bay. He's like, "Man, I look like I said you had a nice bird's eye view. What are you talking about?" I'm, I'm looking at. <laughs> he so, was like, "No, man, that makes me look bad." I said, "You hustling to the ball." B Bishop twenty three on Instagram. Here's the hitman. He is way, way up there. Yeah, that's uh, back when I could have some. I had some springs. That, now those springs have been. Uh, Leg whipped. <laughs> <laughs> well, Springs may have rusted a little bit, but yeah, this is—I yeah, uh, yeah. think you hit your combine vert in this picture, and that's in full pads and a heavy helmet in those days. Yeah, watch this. I was still on my way up. <laughs> I love saying that. <laughs> no, I yeah. think I was actually on my way down on that one. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and let me just say once again, th- these uniforms are just glorious. Uh, you know what? I got more comments about that than <laughs> anything else. <laughs> People know, man. They, and they I was like, these. have they talked to Mickey? <laughs> <laughs> they listen. That's what it is. They know what time it is. I was like, is. wow, man. Uh, you know, I wasn't a big jersey guy. I just... And I would, and when then I put on my jersey, I was always looking sloppy. Like everybody's like, "Oh man, you look horrible." I was like, "I'm not worried about how I look. I'm worried about how I play." But you did the thing though, where you cut your sleeves right and you tied them up with a string yeah. so they'd be nice and tight. Yeah. So it's the gun show, right? Yeah, I see yeah, the, the gun, gun show, show in that picture. Yeah, the gun show. Well, and I would what I would cut. Out. Only thing I would do in uh, my jersey, and it was more pants, and I uh, you know would be cut out the pockets to the thigh pads and the knee pads. And then they look like freaking tights. Right. And it's so much smoother and running and everything else. So, And then I would wear actual tights underneath to play as my socks. And so not in that one. But when it was Titans, I, I became where I would wear navy blue tights. And then I would just spat up my cleats. Spat, right. you know, tape over the top of your cleats. And that would be like I'm wearing the blue socks with white on them. Yeah. So I got away with that. Yeah. Sometimes I'd wear just footies and cut, cut the socks and just put them on. Did you wear and this? Like the socks are really thick. The NFL, yeah, the ones given, they make you wear. Oh man, it feels like you're going to go and play in snow. <laughs> I mean, like they're that kind of thick. So you're like, man, I can't wear these. So I wore footies. I'd wear two pair of footies, and I would cut the top of uh, the socks off. Okay, and then just put those and slide them up, and then put a piece of tape 
And then, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to figure out? You know out who I learned that from? No, I, you know, I, I told I you know, I'm you not. Watch I'm other not people I, you yep, observe. Mm-hmm. I but I did. I, I learned that from uh, Derek Mason. Oh. The wide receiver, Derek Mason. Yes. Of course. And uh, so he's the one uh, that I was like, oh, show me how to do it because I, I can't wear these thick socks, man. I feel like, man, my feet are on fire, especially when hot games. And that's really what, you know, put me over the top. I mean, I played a game and it was on fire. Might have been the, the Bengals game in 99. I was just like, hey, man. What are you doing, man? I see you. You look like you got on footies. I love wearing footies with my cleats because that's what I'd wear at practice. Mm-hmm. So he showed me the whole ram. So my man, yeah, and that's that's probably how he played like sixteen years. <laughs> I he figured everything out immediately. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a little little uh, you know ahead of the curve on that for me. But he's they, number nineteen all the time, by the way, in NFL history in yardage. Derek all Mason. number nineteen all yard. time. That is fabulous, man. I you know it's kind of interesting that he's not even been in the discussion. For Hall of Fame, which is, uh, I mean, if you look at his numbers, I, I think he, the of the guys that I played with, I think even over Eddie George, his numbers puts him ahead to have a shot at it. But when you see the third time guy, which I played with too, Mitchell from the Redskins, Eagles, mm-hmm. all purpose yard is, I think he's third or he's top five. Brian Mitchell, yeah, Brian Mitchell is he top five? I think I think he is, and he's not getting mentioned either. He may be like two or two, three. Yeah, he's up there. It's like him and Emmett Smith. And he played Payton. forever. I, he I feel like I watched him in, in like uh, high school. <laughs> he was still going. I, he was with the Eagles when I was there. And man, oh my God, he had that grown man strength. I don't know how old he was when I was there, but man, I hit him and I was like, well, golly, he was worse than Dorsey Levins was there. Brian Westwood was there. He was a jitterbug. And then uh, Deuce Staley. So they had a, you know, Andy Reid likes to have a lot of running backs. It was a couple other guys. Buck Holter uh, was Carole really Buck good. Holter, he kept yeah. getting, tearing his ACL, but oh, he was a tough. He was a tough go because he had speed and power. Uh, so yeah, they had they had a slew of guys. Well, I got to see Brian Mitchell play in college. He went to watch Louisiana Lafayette yeah. now. So I got to see that rascal come and just run. He was, really he was quarterback. Good. Yeah, he was quarterback. They they would have special plays. Andy had special fake punts. Him throwing the football. Uh, he he was a uh, fantabulous. He should you third in the NFL at anything, and you got to get in. I, I, I'm sorry. I just I don't, I don't care who the person is. Right. I, I have no biases. I mean, that's just I'm sorry. He's in. I don't know why he's not in. That that's the question. Remember I said that about Dolman, Chris Dolman. Yeah. Remember for all those years, I kept on saying, how's he in a like fifth all time in sacks and he's not in? I don't care who he played for. If you're fifth all-time in sacks, you're a pretty bad mamma jamma, man. Yep. Come on. No. It's, uh, yeah. He's, he's, he's second. Who? Brian Dude. Mitchell. Oh, he's second. And all-purpose yards, it's Jerry Rice. And him. And then Brian Mitchell. So how is he not in? I don't know. I don't this know. is horrible. He's second. This shouldn't even be a discussion. Then Walter Payton, then Emmett Smith, then Frank Gore. You know who's number six? Darren Sproles. Oh, Sproles. that little rascal. Now, now watch this because, you know, just because people go to remember Sproles because he's more recent. Right. If he gets it over Brian Mitchell, I'll be like, this is horrible. And, I, you know, I, I don't know if – I mean, do you think Sproles is a Hall of Famer? But his numbers tell you he is because of all purpose because they return punts and kicks. Yeah. Let alone he was playing running back. Then he was third down back. You know, this this is a guy that a lot of people thought, you know, wouldn't last that long in the NFL. He went to, I remember watching him at Kansas State. Yep. I can remember off the top of my head, be, every time he touched the ball, I felt like, uh-oh, he about to score. I mean, his feet was moving. There's been NFL for 100 years. 
and four people have gained over 20,000 yards in it. And those four people are Emmett Smith, Walter Payton, Jerry Rice, and Brian and freaking Mitchell. Mitchell. Yeah. That's it. That's the whole entirety of 100 years. Yeah, I keep in four touch people. with him, too. I actually, I just talked to him uh, last week. We've had him on the show. You yeah, before. yeah, because he started doing uh, radio now. Yeah. So he's uh, so we kind of talked and kind of went back and forth, just kind of trying to give him, you know, the lay of the land a little bit. But he's a sharp guy. Well, I know, we got off the script a little bit there. At some point in the show today, Mike Vrabel got asked about DeAndre Hopkins, and and I would love to oh, talk about that because that's what I was saying when we started. You and Kevin and Di- Kevin Dyson and me always talk a lot about him when, when the Titans would play against him for the Texans, and we would say, well, he's going to get 10 or 11 targets because he does every game. I looked last year. He got 160 targets in 16 games with the Cardinals. Exactly. He got 10 targets a game. Yeah, that yeah. dude's getting his. every. Imagine you just get off the bus and know they're going to throw me the ball 10 times today. Well, I think he would take eight if they uh, made the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was only one game, Hopkins, against, and I really thought the Titans had him in check enough to, you know, where he didn't influence the game. Right. And then right at the end, the fourth quarter, it's like all of a sudden he put on his cape and just, I was like, oh my. I mean, he's a tough cover because he's tall, he's long, he's lengthy, he's fast, he's a great route runner, great athlete. Contested catch guy and, like and, no other. Yes, he's. I mean, did you see that uh, that hell mary that he caught against the uh, Bills last year? It was like four guys there. He just says, "Just throw it up there. I got it." I was like, "Wow, that's that's so deflated." I mean, I man, I would have been like, "Hey man, where are all you?" I would have said, "Hey man, I need like a uh, Javon Kirsch back here." On this. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Steve Atwater back here to hit this guy. Uh, Bart in Nashville calling in. Let's get a quick phone call. We'll get more into that discussion later. Bart, what's going on? Welcome into the uh, Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline on Blaine and Mickey. Hey, Mickey. First off, uh, I guess we can say rest in peace to our Cardinals possibly grabbing that second wild card spot. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> so, I had to stop watching. I watched a little bit uh, last night. They the hit Brewers, three home uh, runs while I was watching. Sunday uh, was, was it for me. So, yeah. uh, Pujols hit so that anyway. home run, baby. I, I was happy yeah, to I see know that. Pujols got him a home run last night. But um, awesome. I know it was due to a quick call. But this one's uh, actually for Blaine. And, and, you know, this brings back a lot of memories, especially as we get ready to start another football season and, and every, the excitement around. But I can go back to when I was a senior in high school, and Blaine, you guys made the, the move to Tennessee. Yeah, and I'm, I'm originally from West Tennessee, so I would go over with my dad and my brother. And Blaine, I got to tell you, buddy, we were, we were some of the few and the proud in the stands for the Oilers. And, uh, well, and, and when, in Memphis? Largely the, the, largely the crowd was for the opposing team. Yes, they my were. My question, though, Blaine, was like, as a player, how difficult was that to – get up for that type of atmosphere, A, you weren't going to stay in Memphis, and then B, pl- trying to get up for a game that largely the fans weren't for you guys. Yeah, it was It was funny. You know, Bruce and Matthews was kind of the, the leader of that, really kind of bringing awareness to us all uh, that every time we go play in Memphis, the, the, all the, you know, uh, the fans, or, you know, half of the fans were for the other team. And so, uh, all, you know, I, all I needed was that extra juice for motivation, and that's really what I did. Uh, and now I'm gonna say that was probably a lot easier for me than most going the, when I say that I'm talking about from my college days. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, ball state's not like the book football power, uh, you know, and that we're packed house 
you know, and that, uh, you know, so every time we played somewhere, it felt like, you know, a way like all the people were for the other team. I mean, I was watching jump around with Wisconsin. And when Ball State played in Wisconsin, guess what I kept on saying to me? Here's, and here's my mindset. Oh, that red and white, that's for Ball State, not for the Badgers. That's just so my mindset was in a whole motivational, oh, we're going to show y'all, we're going to gain your respect here as Steelers at mostly in the stadium when we were playing them. We're going to gain respect and most guys, guys going to go back and turn those rain jackets in and they're going to be blue. Mm-hmm. That's where you're at. We're going to show you. And how you show them is you go out there and play your best and you win the game. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and that was a time where transition was tough in that they had already had their, you know, fan bases, you know, of other teams because we were new here and they still were representing those fans. So we knew we had to turn them into our fans. And uh, that was okay with us. Uh, we had no problem with it. We just said, uh, uh, don't be talking smack to us, though. We're going to show you. And, yeah, we, we did pretty much pretty well there in Memphis. Uh, I think I think we played the Raiders in that first game there in Memphis. I think I think Eddie took him for two-something. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, he ran down their throat. But, yeah, he did. I think they were scared to tackle him. That dude was on fire. That that oh man, wee! He was a big locomotive, and and yours truly all white. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh man, that was a sweet uniform. Uh, All right, here uh, Belmont's got these sweet red uniforms. They're probably going to wear them some this year. Casey Alexander, the head coach at Belmont basketball, set to join us next. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of football. We'll talk a little bit of hoops though next. You don't want to miss it. Bunch of people got them in the top 25. It's Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, sure, it's football season. But guess what? It's basketball season, too. It's going to be here before you know it. Let's talk to uh, the coach of a team who a lot of people got in their top 25. Coach Casey Alexander of Belmont Basketball. Hey, the schedule is out. Like I said, a bunch of people got their preseason rankings dropped. Coach Saban calls that stuff rat poison. Do you do you like that kind of rat poison, Coach? <laughs> <laughs> it's better than any other kind of poison, I guess. I don't know. I, I like people talking about our team. You know, I'm I'm excited that we're supposed to be good. I don't know if we will be, but I'm glad that we're supposed to be. Well, if you're not, it's certainly not for a lack of having people back. Because I started looking, I'm like, I say, it seems like they got some of their leading scorers back. You got everybody back, just about. Yeah, it's crazy. I think 97, 98% of our minutes and our scoring from last year. So virtually the whole team, we had no seniors on last year's team. Uh, so we got a lot of a lot of experience, a lot of guys that have been there before and performed really well. So I'm excited about it. I can remember talking to Coach Bird when all those guys were new. And he said, I don't have any experienced people. But they all turn into experienced people, you know, if they stay around. That's the irony of all this. Yeah, it's remarkable, uh, and you know, and not just experience, but you know, but accomplished players. You take mm-hmm. Nick Musinski, who's been a three-time All-Conference player already, so you know, hopefully that'll be four. And Grayson Murphy's got a chance to set the all-time OBC steals and assist record uh, this season, and so a lot of a lot of good players and experience. We got five fifth-year seniors on this year's team, uh, all of which have graduated from Belmont already or are getting their graduate wow. degree right now. So that's cool. that's pretty unique in itself. Smart and good basketball players, and uh, got their coach on the line with us at Casey Alexander underscore. You got to follow him on Twitter. Follow Belmont basketball too. Yeah, that's one another place where my wife has a degree from too, as well. There, a nursing <laughs> degree from Belmont. So yeah, great school. 
Great academic institution. Coach, uh, well, let's, let's say this. Uh, congratulations on this difficult schedule. I mean, when you looked at the schedule, I mean, you start off with, you know, a MAC team that's really good. Who uh, Man, they got a lot of returning guys. Tell us a little bit about Ohio uh, and what they bring to the table uh, in the matchup. Yeah, well, they lost a first-round draft pick, uh, point guard, which I hope is going to be difficult for them to replace. But you're looking at a team that was in the NCAA tournament last year, won their first-round game. Uh, I can't remember who they played, but um, uh, Virginia, actually. I think they beat Virginia. But, um, yeah. you know, so, yeah, out of the gates, on the road, in the MAC against a, another good, really really good mid-major team. That's, um, that's, that's a tough way to start. But we've got several of those, and that's probably what I'm most pleased with about the schedule. We played Drake later on, who was also a first-round tournament game winner last mm. year, and they've got a bunch of guys back. And okay. Chattanooga's on there for the first time in a while. They're, they'll probably be picked to win this uh, Southern Conference this year. So a lot of, a lot of good matchups for us. Yeah, no doubt. But when I go down, you know, I'm always going to look at the big names, and I see LSU. Who, yeah. uh, I think they played in the SEC championship, maybe if I can recall. But man, uh, you get to, you know, I guess uh, play uh, Will Wade. So uh, yeah, man, how 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 good uh, do you know him and his system and schemes and how they like to approach things uh, when you, when you guys uh, meet up? I know him uh, well enough. Uh, I know that they are extremely talented from year to year. He does a great job with them. I mean, they've had some really good teams out there on the floor the last couple of years. And so that'll be a challenge uh, for us. But we're going in with our secret lesson. We're going uh, le- uh, weapon. We're going in with our sissy blue shirts this year, and we should be ready to go. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> Smack talking already, getting the motivation. I like now, it. Yeah, Coach, before I pass back to Mickey, and you kind of alluded to this, but you guys have some returning, you know, stud players back. How do you make them stay relaxed and don't feel the pressure or, or pressing you know, when things aren't going well in a game and they know that they should be playing a little bit better, how do you, you know, compensate or help them through that process as a coach? Yeah, some of it remains to be seen, of course. We don't, we don't really know what ebbs and flows the season will bring to us. But we, we've already talked enough about it um, without going overboard. Just, you know, you have to just block it out. There's no there's no other way about it. And, and it's the reason why coaches, no matter how good or bad you're supposed to be, um, mm-hmm. You know, we consistently just talk about one day to the next and one game to the next, and that's the exact reason why, because it's really all you can control. Um, nobody likes to hear it, but that's the truth. And so, uh, you know, we're looking at the season in its totality. Uh, we're going to lose games. I, I can't remember the last team that went undefeated and won the national championship, and so I've already told them not to expect that. And then, uh, you know, anything other than that, we'll just deal with it as it comes. Yes, Coach, I see you guys are playing, uh, I guess, in this Invitational. Was it ESPN Invitational near Orlando? Kind of take us through what that, what's that like uh, when you're playing multiple games in, in a setting like that and then kind of not knowing who your opponent is until, you know, maybe a day before, you know, 24 hours before. Yeah, well, first of all, the event itself is, is a really prestigious event that we're excited to be in. We were supposed to be in there last year, and it was canceled because of COVID. Oh. So. Uh, really glad that they, you know, gave us the invitation to come back. And, you know, it's over Thanksgiving week. It's an ESPN event, so every game will be on ESPN, you know, while, while you're sitting home fat and happy from Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be playing, uh, three games that week. Actually, the LSU game is the same week. So, um, we open up with Drake, a really good team, and then we'll play either, uh, a top 10 team in Alabama or Rick Patino in the semifinals or the next round and take it from there. But getting ready, you know, I think it's, it's the difference in basketball and, 
you know, those football guys, they just have one game a week. They got, right. they got all kinds of time to prepare and heal up and, you know, everything else. But we, we've got to get right back after it pretty quickly, and that won't be a big deal for us. Mm. Well, with Casey Alexander, Belmont's men's head basketball coach. I can remember talking to uh, – there was a guy who coached Arkansas State when I was in school, Nelson Catalina, and I got to be good friends with him, and, and they got real good. And they were like you guys, you know, this really good mid-major. And, and he said – and this was in the days before caller ID, but he said – well, I can't get anybody to call me back right now. I would imagine when you start trying to schedule people, they see Belmont on the caller ID. It's like, hey, don't even pick it up, man. I don't want to mess with those. <laughs> That's guys. right. They don't want to be playing, y'all. Yeah, they got caller ID now. They can just say they didn't get hey, I don't. I, didn't, I never knew you called. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'd say if I make 10 calls, um, seven of them are not returned. Uh, two of them are not interested. And then one of them is, well, we can talk about it and see if there's a match, you know, so that's. But that scheduling is hard for everybody. It's not just us. There's so many different factors that go into scheduling home and away and dates and money and everything else. It's just really hard to put one together. Well, but, you know, you get to take your squad. Part of, of getting to be as good as you guys are and as consistently good as you guys are, people can check, I mean, as consistently good as any team in the nation, your program. But part of that is – Entities like ESPN say, hey, do you want to be a part of this deal over Thanksgiving where everything's on TV? That's what that does get you. So with the bad comes some really good stuff like you talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's where we want to be consistently, uh, you know, where they could put us in any event. And and not only, you know, would we hold our own, but but we have a chance to win and, and do a lot of really good things for Belmont. So. That's definitely something we're excited about this particular year with that event and um, hopefully more to come. Well, Coach, I guess talk about do you set goals for the team or or talk about them? You know, you guys won 20 uh, conference championships, in, you know, now here, and you, you talk about, you know, pride and having him, pride in your program, and, hey, let's make this 21. Uh, no reason not to. So do you kind of have those kind of things and conversations talked about, or do you kind of just uh, play it by ear and kind of just roll with the punches? Yeah, we really talk about two different things. One is, you know, a belief that there are more doors out there for us to knock down. You know, we don't we don't put numbers on that or rounds of the NCAA tournament or anything like that. But there's there's still plenty out there for Belmont that we've never done before, and um, you know, and that's what we're practicing and playing for every time we go out there. So we do we do try to set the bar high. Uh, and then on the other hand, you know, I mean, my goal for every team every year is, you know, for this team this year to be as good as this team can be. Uh, and if we do that, I think, you know, because because of our success and, and a proud tradition of winning and championships and everything that you mentioned, I think those things take care of themselves. I'm a Casey Alexander, uh, men's basketball coach at, at Belmont. How difficult was the way the sin season ended and ultimately the outcome at the end of last year and how much – did that or didn't that motivate you throughout this whole off season? It was difficult, um, you know, but it's, it's the, we got what we deserve is the way that I look at it. I think, I think that's always the case, whether you win or lose, <laughs> you know, it's just, you, you have control over how it goes and we didn't get the job done, but you know, you look at going into the last weekend of the regular season and we're 24 and one, um, you know, and, and Nick Mazinski's hurt and doesn't play that weekend. So we lose two that weekend and then we lose, to a team that just flat out whipped us in the championship game of the conference tournament. And, and then we've got nothing to show for it other than a nice record. So uh, the guys don't need much motivation from me. The last two seasons were 52 and 11, I believe. 
with two regular season championships, um, one tournament championship, but no postseason games. You know, two years ago, COVID got us and nobody played in the postseason. And then last year, we just didn't have the merit to get in. So there's, there's, even though we've been really good, we've, we've got, we've got some, we've got a little bit of a chip on our shoulder, I'll say. Well, with such a senior laden and experienced team, you know, those guys know you only get so many chances at it. I would imagine you don't even have to bring up the postseason. They're well aware of what's at stake. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I, I've had to pump the brakes, if anything, honestly. And just, you know, <laughs> let, let them know, you know, hey, this is a process, and, you know, it's we've got a long way to go. And uh, so let's just let's just do our job today, and, and then we'll figure it out tomorrow, and we'll go from there. What do you look forward to the most at the beginning of every season? And, and I've asked different coaches this over the years, and different people give different answers. I, I'm curious about that for you, the thing you look forward to the most each season. Yeah, I, it could be my love for baseball, uh, but I I just love managing the season. I, I really love managing the season, uh, and just, you know, you know, baseball you can't get too high, too low. There's so many games, you know, and you got to think ahead and everything else. And I I really try to you know to coach our team that way, um, and just for the longevity of it all. I mean, it's it's an awesome opportunity from day to day. Who gets injured? Who's sick? You know, what game did you lose that you shouldn't have? What game did you win that didn't people didn't think you should have? You know, and just kind of managing that part of the game every day and loving on our players and trying to help them get better. I mean, there's just a lot that goes into it. But the best part of the season is the season is there. I, you know, it's not it's not off season anymore. I don't have silly stuff to do. I just get to coach our team, and that's that's ultimately why I'm here in, to begin with. Got to be cool to have all those new facilities too, right? And I and I still have not. I've seen videos. I've watched every video, everything right, that's yeah. been sent out. I haven't been over yeah. there yet. I need to tour this place. But, oh, my gosh, do you guys have nice stuff. It's great. Yeah, and the door's open any time. We've got, we've got high-level security, so you can't just walk in here <laughs> any time you want. But if you let me know you're coming, I'll pull all the punches I can uh, and get you access. But, no, it's really good. You know, anybody who's been to Belmont knows that, uh, we do things in a really first-class way, and um, in this building that we're in now, the Crockett Center, um, is no exception. It's it's literally you know as good as anything out there. Coach Casey Alexander, hey, great stuff. Uh, I we normally get to to do a show over there around the time basketball season starts, and and I hope that gets to happen again. And uh, it's just it's it's fun to watch you and your team, and it's fun to watch you guys play. And the OVC is such a cool league because. A lot of the schools are so close, and it's a tight knit community. And and I just I, I love I love I love this kind of basketball where you know the people you're playing, and and you know their fans and their parents, and you drive to the games. There's something special about that. Yeah, I agree uh, in, in its totality, and I uh, appreciate you recognizing that. I think we got a great product, and. You know, for your millions and millions of listeners out there, they're welcome at Belmont anytime. Yeah, yeah, hey, man, they, your tickets available, right? <laughs> That's right. We yeah. got them. We got we got a couple of seats left. <laughs> well, heck of a schedule, and we're looking forward to this season and seeing all these seniors. And I can promise you, my butt will be over there. Sometimes I can't wait to uh, to see. You mentioned Musinski right off the top. I mean, it's like his seventeenth year of basketball. I, I can't wait to see him go out in style. Yeah, he's had a great career. We're really lucky that he's been in our program. He had a great summer, too, so I think the best is yet to come. But like look it. forward to seeing you guys and really appreciate letting me do this today. Yes, sir. Thank appreciate you, Coach. Appreciate you, Coach. Yeah, look forward to seeing you, man. Hopefully we do the Blaine and Mickey show there. He's he's on. He's already gone. To yeah, he, he had to go to practice. No doubt. Uh, they practice. See, they practicing. Right now, two months away, right? 
Is it even two months at this point? Uh, well, a little less. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's they're they're focused on basketball again at KC Alexander underscore. He's one of the most interesting stories around here, local and sports, because every time we get on here, there are certain like there are the unwritten rules in baseball. You know, you don't steal if you're up by this much at this time. And, you know, in football, you don't pass if it's there are all these unwritten rules in sports. One of them is don't be the guy that follows the guy. He followed the guy. He followed the guy. And doing just as well. He's doing in, you know, great. In, yes. In this uh, short window. <laughs> got to gotta be there for a long time to be, be Hall of Fame. But he's definitely on a fast track. But people would be like, hey, man, if the guy before you's name is on the court, I say this is not a good idea. Yes. Like if his name is on the court, yeah. if he has HOF after his name, <laughs> just go coach somewhere else for a little yeah. while. Let some sacrificial yeah. lamb coast in there, yeah. you know, and get – just all the bumps and bruises. Then you show up three years later, you'll be a hero. No, he turned. The, we asked him when he got the that's, job because he was that. at Lipscomb. How much does this change your day? I'll never forget Casey telling us this. He goes, I have to turn a different way out of my driveway. That's what he said. Oh, he turned my. right instead of left or whichever one it was. How convenient was that, though? Also, you know, that was his coach, too, right? Yes, it was his coach. He'd so, been on the staff there, played so there. Maybe a, that, that makes it a little bit different, but it's still tough to follow the dude. Man, but Bird was the dude, and he's definitely uh, shown uh, nothing has stopped. Winning continues, and they're tough out. And twenty six and four last year. Yeah. Wow. John Brady told me this, and a lot of y'all remember him as the LSU coach. He said, because he was briefly at Arkansas State. Well, briefly he was there a few years, and he said it's way harder to coach here. He said it's almost impossible to make the NCAA tournament. He said I can make it at you know LSU if I'm in sixth place in the conference. He said I can't make it here if I'm second. The only way I can make it is to win the tournament. He said, we could win every game, losing the tournament finals, and I'm not going to the tournament. So that's a hard job. And, you know, Casey, to his credit, we've asked him about stuff like that before, and he just always says, hey, what was his answer this time? We got what we deserved. We lost games down the stretch, had a couple of guys injured. They came back and we got beat. You know, he said we got beat up good in the conference championship. So I love OVC basketball. Uh, I, I kind of grew up in a league like that. Quality talent, yeah. Old Southland Conference. But they put people in the NBA. Oh, yeah. I mean, my gosh, mm-hmm. they put people in the NBA. Well, basketball's yeah. kind of a different animal, even yeah. if you're not at a you know a, a Power 5 program. I mean, basketball's a little different. Basketball's basketball everywhere you go, even if you're not. You know, you still probably have to be at a Division One program. You just don't have to be at a Power 5, and you can still uh, get a shot, uh, yeah. let alone if not in NBA overseas. So, yeah. yeah, like John Moran. I mean, coming out of Murray State, uh, there's – just been a lot of people out of those programs who've gone on and had careers. But the other thing is this. Now, occasionally they get somebody like that, and that and that that fellow won't typically stay for his full amount of time. But they have a bunch of people who play for or five years even with the red shirt. Well, by the – I mean, look at Belmont's team. He said, we have 97% of our scoring back. You keep the team together. You know, it's not like the revolving door at the big school. So if you root for a team like that, you legitimately get to know the kids because they're there for five years. Yeah. Well, it's in my DNA just for uh, to root for them because uh, they're always going to be the underdog because yeah. nobody is kind of look at them as, as that power five or power conference or, you know, that their team is just, oh, they okay. We played them. We put them on the schedule. Now nobody wants to put them on the schedule because they will take you down. And, then, you know, hey, you know, in basketball, you can have one off night and boom, you're not having a good day. You got that L behind your name against Belmont. Well, for college football programs, a lot of them, you have Boise State, where you can go, here's a school in the middle of nowhere. 
Probably hard to recruit. No, there. no, no. We don't have Boise State. No, this is Ball State, Arkansas State. What but, are you talking about? <laughs> but like Boise State has played in those big bowl games. Yeah, They've well, been on the biggest stages of college football. So a lot of people are like, man, because it's not like you're rec- recruiting people to Nashville yeah. or well, New it York got, City. It, it got Harsh in an uh, Auburn job. So, you know, yeah, it you sure have did. that kind of success, then your coach leaves. As you know, who's using yeah, Harson, door? Who, who made a stop at my place on the way through? Yeah, but college basketball, sort of that gold standard is Gonzaga. It's in the yes. middle of nowhere. They, you know, no football. If I'm Belmont, I, I literally have like a picture of Mark Few up on my vision board because I'm thinking we can do that. You, you can recruit anybody here. Yeah. Nashville? I mean, we, we could live where we wanted to live. We, we're lucky to live here. Hey, man, how'd you like to come play four years – Five years with a red shirt, four years of college basketball in Nashville. Go to Belmont, right down where the action is. Beautiful campus, mm-hmm. winning basketball. They have a chance to do something like that. So I know it's football season, but we wanted to talk to Coach today just because they got, got a great schedule, schedule coming release. up. Yeah, no Absolutely. Doubt. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back. We'll get back into football next. Blaine and Mickey, 1045 The Zone. Play to Mickey 1045 the zone. Yeah, we were on here talking and people were watching the feed. I'm like, hey, that sounds like bump music. We should probably go back on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Luke was in here with us. So I was wondering, I said, well, uh, is that bump music? Uh, who, who's running the board there? Because uh, we're all in here on autopilot. He said, oh, man, you know, I got that thing on autopilot, man. It's ready to rock and roll, man. But I do got to go now. Bye. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, uh, I don't have to go, but I'm going to run now Lucas really fast. Does a fantabulous job producing our, our show as well as Buck Rise's show. So, man, guys, everywhere and doing a fantabulous job. Man, working his butt off, too, man. So, hats off, tip to him, man. Doing all the work, man. Yep. If, if you want to, because everybody sees us, I want to host a show on the zone. I'm like, okay. So, I, and, I, and I, hey, I get that because I wanted to host a show on the zone. So I get it. But, like, Lucas, we always ask him, hey, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I've got five other games that I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm hosting this for the zone. Oh, I'm doing this for the zone. I'm doing that for Lipscomb. I'm doing, he never stops. High school. I was just like, whoa, man, wow. Look, a year ago, right now, you had nothing. It huh? was a yeah. black hole. So <laughs> this, this would have sounded like paradise. Hey, hey, hey yeah. man, you, you've been praying for this, and now you got it. That's too I much, right? Can't complain now, <laughs> man. I remember I, I've told some of these stories. I worked in real wow. estate for 13 years. I mean, that was my oh, life wow. for a long time. And I remember when I first started. I remember praying, like, please, God, buy this house. <laughs> please, God, let somebody buy this. Please, let one person call me. And at the end, I remember praying. Please, God, let my phone not ring for just 30 minutes. Please, let me just, please let me test my breath. But it's, man, you you get involved in your business and, and, and the phone starts ringing, whatever you do, that's a blessing. So, yeah, uh, no doubt. So, man, yeah. that's, uh, but we love Lucas. We're proud of him. We're his, like his work, uncles. Yeah. So, uh, we, we, def- we give him a little crap to, every once speed, in a while, us, but yeah, we, old heads, we look out for him. I just got a potential spam call, by the way, uh, <laughs> on my phone. I, have you oh, gotten- I'm tired of those. I really am. I stopped answering my phone. So if I if I didn't answer you was uh you know not a spam caller or whatever. Sorry, every just time. leave a message. Sorry, man. Yeah. Leave a message. I'll call you back. Yeah, it's too way too many, man. Way too many. We were talking earlier about DeAndre Hopkins. Mike Vrabel talked about him a little bit earlier today. Lucas, uh certainly he would have known him from his time with the Texans. So that's a guy he's very familiar with and now he has to coach against him. And then now because the schedule has to coach against him again. 
But Mr. 10 targets a game. This is what Mike Vrabel said about the now Cardinals receiver. Well, I mean, he's an instinctive player. He, you know, he's got a great relationship with the quarterback. You know, he's a, you know, strong, you know, great hands, strong hands, you know, very good play strength. Um, you know, he's good with the ball in his hand, breaks a lot of tackles. But I just, you know, all those contested catches that are, um, you know, sometimes we used to joke, you know, the tighter the coverage is, the, you know, the better he likes it. So, you know, we'll have to be able to compete and, and play through, you know, some of that contact and, and, and that just, you know, those contested catches. We're going to have to try to compete. He talked about, like, his catch strength. Strong hands. Strong hands. Yeah. That guy's hands are like steel traps. Because we, we talked about him a bit earlier. And, and it's still here in the first hour of the show at the top of the show, first segment. And you said, remember the Hail Mary where he just jumped up and took it away from like four people. You can't do that without just ridiculous. Well, he's, most of those times, those guys have huge hands. Huge hands. So it's like he's a basketball player. Yep. And then they're really strong. You know, a lot of guys, uh, you know, put their hands in rice and beans and all this craziness. I, I don't know what he does. And some of it's just, it's just natural, you know. So, yeah. Uh, sometimes you think you can make a play and there's no way you can get the ball. He just has those claws. I call them claws. And, uh, you know, he's an exceptional talent. And uh, he has the work ethic and, and the drive to be the best. Uh, so with all those things and attributes, you know, being a great athlete, uh, man, it's hard to stop him. Even when you have him covered, you don't have him covered because of those attributes. Big hands, tall, athletic. You know, so he's fast. And he's not like, you know, a blazer. Uh, but when a guy's that tall and long like that, uh, he, that's why he said he has good play strength. Like, if you mm -hmm. took him into a weight room, he probably just, you know, does 225 ten times or something. Right. But that doesn't, it doesn't always equate to how strong you are on the football field. I mean, uh, my, <laughs> my rookie year was Chuck Cecil's last year. When we picked him up after uh, Marcus Robb tore his ACL. Mm-hmm. So he was pretty much out of the league. Yeah. He comes in our team. We go in the weight room, and this guy was known for a knockout artist. Yeah, no questions asked. Yeah, in the weight room, he does like two twenty-five five times. I go, huh? Like, oh man, this guy. He's not, this, this is not Chuck Cecil. <laughs> man, he went out there and was knocking people out. So that was the first time it came to realization to me that. Play strength and weight room strength is two totally different things. Right. And it's a mindset that I am going to knock you out. Uh, so, yeah, you know, you know, these coaches in college can preach all they want to about or high school, oh, you get stronger. Because it is part of that in your brain that believes that you are stronger and you are doing it in the weight room, that you that's going to enhance your performance. And it can to a certain extent, but it's not an end-all, be-all to actually how strong you play. Uh-huh. I said 225 five times. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, a good example is, you know, one everybody would know is Samari Rowe, four times. <laughs> he had a heck of a career. He played like 12 years, didn't he? Yeah, yeah doorknob, as you call him. Yeah, doorknob. Yeah. Because he, <laughs> he was as thin as a doorknob. <laughs> yeah. But he was an exceptional and I mean exceptional athlete, oh, great field for the game, and really smart football player uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, right up there with the best of them at the cornerback position Yeah, that I played with. If not the best, probably the best.
I would think as, as Titans, if you say, okay, best well, quarterback in Titans history. Yeah. It would be you start, with, start with number 21. And you I think underrated is Denar Walker, and I know everybody just thinks about the Super Bowl play. But as far as just pure speed, straight line speed, when we go play Jacksonville, and I have a lot of respect for Jimmy Smith, and I think he should be in the Hall of Fame as well as Fred Taylor, we'd put D-Walk on Jimmy Smith. And that was kind of crazy, yeah. And we put Samari Rowe on Keenan McCardell because – their skill sets matched up better. I did not to say that he couldn't. You did a podcast with who? Denar Walker had me on his podcast. Yeah, yeah D. Walker. Speed. He was on. Th- now, everybody knows LSU has a real good track team. Yep. He was an alternate on their Olympic team. I mean, not Olympic team, their track team yeah. at LSU, which most of them was going to make it to the Olympics. Right. Now, yeah, you could it, say yeah, Olympics. He but, could, yeah. Yeah, so, but if you would have taken it seriously, like he was only doing it to stay in shape. He was... So his straight line speed was phenomenal. It was funny. Like, even at practice, you could hear him in the game, but it was at practice, too, that you really know because you don't, you know, the stadium is not going and loud fans. He, every step he's going, ooh, 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 ooh. I'm like, what are you doing? And he would do that literally in the game. I mean, and would be blazing. Straight line. Now, if you had a jitterbug receiver, okay. that's that's not the guy he wants to come. <laughs> that's not the guy. That's why we had to put somebody roll on Keita Cardell. <laughs> yeah, he done uh, the shakes and good route run. Mm-mm, he be running circles like that's hey, you, man. Samari. You got that guy. Yeah, I got I got this guy. Yeah, Jimmy Smith was trying to hit you deep. Yeah, he's like, well, okay, that kind of fits me a little bit better. All right, we got to hit uh, deep into this hour. We got to take a break. We come back hour number two. We will talk football with Jordan and Johnny coming up. Uh, also more. From the Titans, have they found a right tackle yet? Mike Mike Rables is weighing in on that, but I don't just just stay tuned. We'll play that for you next. Blaine and Mickey.